Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Empire Rules podcast, sponsored by Blue Cross Street Food. Reading finally have picked up a point. Dave, it's amazing. It's mis- magical. I, what I don't know what to do. Of today's game in one one sec one sentence. Uh, relieving. Relieving. Okay, that's, that's, that's the only that's, one word. Not even one sentence. One word, even even better. Nick, you're also joining us today. One word to sum up your feeling after the tonight's performance. Uh, uh, chuffed. Chuffed and relieved, and that's going to end our, our podcast. I should have thought of that a little bit uh, a little bit more before I asked the question, but we will discuss tonight's performance and tonight's result, which I think was very, very unexpected, Dave, because let's be honest, before the game, nobody was really looking at Reading picking up a point tonight and the the pessimism was real. Yeah, uh, real and warranted, I would say as well. We um, haven't exactly had a, a blinding last few weeks and uh, the prospect of facing Bournemouth at their place uh, you, you, you feared the worst. So, yeah, I uh, don't mind admitting I was thinking it was going to be four, five, six, who knows? So, um, yeah, I, I don't think it's wrong that people were pessimistic, but definitely were. No, you're right. We haven't had a, a brilliant last few weeks, let's be honest. Um, the, we've only picked up one win in our last five um, now. Uh, two wins in the last five before tonight, though, so not so bad. But if you have stuck with us for the last few weeks and you've been listening to the podcast on a regular basis, do click subscribe on your uh, podcast app as well. It, it it does help us, so we really appreciate it if you do uh, manage to do that. Nick, as Dave said, the pessimism was probably quite warranted. And I think Paul Lynch probably was keen to ring the changes after Saturday because Saturday was one of the weaker performances of the of the season so far, that 4-0 four, four loss against Nottingham Forest. And we saw four changes tonight. Um, we saw Nyland. Is it Nyland or Nyland? I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm going to go with, but I'm I'm go with Nyland and hope for the best. And if it's wrong, I'm sure someone will tweet us and correct me. 
So we saw Nealand coming in goal and Tom Holmes come back into centre-back. Ajaria go out wide and then Zhao starting up front. Any of those changes which you disagreed with or would have liked to have seen any different ones? Uh, I was maybe a little bit surprised Holmes came straight back in over Dan, but I'm guessing that maybe after his hamstring injury and his age, they were just being a bit careful on him. I'm not sure if he'll actually come back in next game, actually. Um, so I thought Holmes, Holmes was pretty solid anyway tonight. Uh, I think we had to play Nyland today. Um, South just hasn't had the best 2022 after a good uh, sort of start to the season after he came in. Uh, and he, he, he looks quite commanding. Um, he's got good experience. Um, and I think we just needed to freshen up there and see if he can get more out of the defence in front of him. Um, Ijari, I'm happy to see start again. He hasn't really played a lot this season. And he hasn't been good this season, even when he has played. But he's something different. And when Swift, Swift isn't playing, when he's not fit, you need someone with a bit of creative quality there, good on the ball. And although he's wide left and not, not central attack in midfield... He just gives you a bit more of a spark. Uh, and Jao, yeah, Jao was always going to come back in when he was uh, fully over his illness. So not surprised there either. So I was pretty happy with the changes, to be honest. Yeah, I, I think I'd agree. Most of the changes made sense, really, uh, tonight. And although you could probably try and argue, and I did try and argue that Mate should have started, ultimately, um, it's it's a difficult one with Mate and, and his injury from summer still because... No one really knows still how fit he is, despite the fact that he has been involved in every game now for a month. Um, whether he can last 90 minutes twice in three or four days is is anyone's guess. So I don't, probably think, the... I don't think he knows how to use Mate. Um, I, I do think partly due to his fitness, we, like you said, we don't know we don't know how fit he is. And I, I want him to play him right, but he seems to just chuck him on up front every time. And it, it, I don't, I think he can play up front, but. He's, he's not as strong there. I and mean, when you've got Jao and mate, it just doesn't work. It's I did don't... get corrected that he has actually played under Ince on the right-hand side um, by, by Jordan on. before the game. But it was, yeah, it was in his first or second game, I think, for yeah. Reading. Oh, well, Ince's first or second management game. So it will be interesting to see whether after the international break, when, when Mate's had kind of two weeks, you know, lighter training, you would imagine, yeah. whether he'll um, be trusted to come back in on the right and start there or whether he'll be on the bench behind Ince still after the international break. The start tonight, Dave, was uh, it was better than Saturday, but not for long, let's be honest, because it only took Bournemouth, what, seven minutes, I think it was tonight, to go 1-0 up? So essentially it was six minutes better. Uh, that's how long uh, better it was. Um, yeah, it, it's just another one of those where those that had the pessimism before the game felt like, Yep, this is what we expected. Uh, like nice and early, they've breached us already. It was a good goal. It wasn't something where like a mistake happened or or some uh, something that you point to what on earth is going on. You know, quality showed through from there. However, was it fifty million combined for those two players or forty million? I don't know what it is. Let's not get into that, I guess. But um, it was a good goal. But again. The problem isn't so much why didn't we stop the shot. It's more how did we get to the point where seven minutes in, they've got that opportunity. Um, it's a little bit weak, uh, getting shrugged off the ball in the build-up, uh, which we've seen again before. So, yeah, not not a good start. And uh, to be honest, it was more of the the slow 
reactions, the lack of urgency, the the lack of looking like a team that is trying to fight for their life, which is what we should be right now. I, I know you said, uh, Nick, that you thought Holmes was fairly solid tonight. What, what did you think of him for the goal? I feel that he was completely just unaware of what was going on with the goal. And I thought a few players were. I don't think it was just Holmes. Um, they just passed it around us like a, a side with a lot more class than us. Um, another early goal to concede as well. I haven't actually seen it back, to be honest. Um, but McIntyre and Holmes both looked completely off the pace of the goal. Um, the whole team did. I think, like um, Dave, you said, with, with Ince, he got shrugged off. He was trying to jump in and Nick Ball, if he just stands his ground and sticks with the man, it stops him running through in the first place. So that was quite frustrating. Um, and then just conceding the early goal, it's here we go again, isn't it? Another early goal, a bit, bit longer than, than Saturday, admittedly. But we need to stop conceding these early goals because we just can't turn games around. Um, we just There's just not enough, I don't know, confidence in the team, spark in the team. Uh, yeah, we don't we don't really have that many chances going forward. So when we do go one 0 down this early into a game, it's it, not it wasn't game over tonight, obviously, but it, it makes it very very difficult for us. Yeah, very very difficult. Um, the first half after that, Dave, Bournemouth didn't have like a ton of chances. I don't think it wasn't a case that Bournemouth were dominating the game. Um, and it, I've said this, I think, three or four podcasts in a row now, and maybe people are going to get bored of hearing it, but. All of the first halves under Tom Ince are very, very similar. Um, and maybe it's, it, to be honest, it's probably partly the way that he's uh, he's trying to get the team to play in that the games are trying to be kept close, uh, especially early in the, like, you know, I, I say early on because we've conceded two in the first 10 minutes now in, in the last two games. But it is the, the way that the team are playing is that they're not, really setting themselves up to necessarily create many big chances, but they're also not necessarily giving up any chances either, particularly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it it does smack of uh, a pre-match team talk that says, all right, let's keep it tight and then let's see what happens later on in the game, hit them on the break or something like that. Like, keep it tight early on and get our footing in the game. And that kind of explains the reaction we see when those early goals go in, which seems to be a lot of players shrugging at each other, players um, getting frustrated with each other for passes, not coming right to them, things like that. It's almost as if within 10 minutes of hearing, let's keep it tight, boys, let's let's just see what we can do, they've conceded. It's like, well, what's our game plan now? We're trying to keep it tight, but we're already behind. Do we attack? Do we not? And then they look a little bit disjointed. And I see we've seen that for a couple of games, at least maybe three games now, um, which would then explain why... Uh, things maybe pick up later on because he's got a chance to to speak to them at half time and change things a little bit but it definitely seems like the game plans out the window moments in obviously saturday being the the worst example of that but um you know even seven eight minutes in is is far too early to be conceding if that's what you're setting out to do yeah i i agree i think if you're if you if you look at what the game plan seems to be it seems to kind of be a case of trying to keep it tight and keep the gate keep the you know, keep the game at nil-nil and not really give up any chances. But obviously, as soon as you give up a goal, that game plan goes out the window and it's almost like the players don't quite know how to react to going behind quite so early. Um, yeah, and, and especially if, you, if you're Bournemouth in that situation as well, you've scored. Reading aren't coming on to you to try and pull one back. What what really pushes you on to try and like really drive forward and get another? You're like, okay, you want to soak up pressure? Yeah, we can 
soak up for the rest of this half, go in and go up at halftime. It, it kind of leads to the sort of first half that we saw where it wasn't like we were hammered and under pressure from them and, and eked in at 1-0. They seemed pretty happy when they went a goal ahead. Yeah, I mean, Reading did have a, a couple of... I, I would call them half chances, Nick. Um, there was a cross in towards Lucas Zhao, which... On first glance, I thought the keeper did reasonably well. He came, he seemed to come and claim it. I'm not sure if it was a case that the cross was, you know, going to get to Zhao or not. Um, Zhao was. What, what did you think of Zhao's performance overall tonight? Because it, it felt like he he ne- he doesn't he hadn't necessarily um, had many chances or created much, but I, I did think he played relatively like well. He held the ball up and wasn't you know he wasn't a, a net negative to the team yeah he, he didn't do an awful lot um he, he didn't look like he was ever going to score there were a couple of nice crosses from uh tom Ince actually to him uh the first one i don't even know if the first one we were just talking about there i don't know if that was more of like a under hit shot but it was probably a bit too close it might, to the keeper. yeah it might well have been. Weak sort of cross shot wasn't it and uh mm. the keeper does enough and i think it's sort of in between the goalie and Jao, it's sort of a 50-50 there. And uh, the the one in the second half as well, which was, um, that was a great ball. And I think it was uh, Nat Phillips who actually gets on the end of it and, and clears it so well. And Jao and Laurent both running onto that and, and probably would have, one of them probably would have scored there. But um, chance-wise, yeah, he didn't do a lot. Uh, I was disappointed to him come off for Mate. Uh, I wanted Mate to come on, but just not for Jao. And I wanted them to be playing together. Um He's our focal we'll, we'll point. Come, we'll come on to the substitutions. Come on to the subs, yeah. <laughs> the, the thing with Jao as well is even when he's not doing too much or looking like he's going to score, he'll just sort of turn it on for one moment and and score that decisive goal. And that's, that's what he does. He does do that. I think it, he does miss having John Swift play behind him. Clearly, the team is not as creative without John mm-hmm. Swift. And we, we are definitely missing him, these last two games especially, Nick. Yeah. Yeah, uh, definitely. Swift's been massive, even when he's not playing well. Um, he's the reason we're not bottom of the league. Um, obviously, Jao's helped us in January, but Swift is the reason we're, we're literally not not where Barnsley were a few weeks ago and Peterborough are now. And uh, I think that was the good thing about having a Jara in there because he, he sort of does help to bring a bit of creativity back. Um, obviously, playing Laurel as a centre-attacking midfielder isn't ideal. Um, he's not the best player for me. Uh, I think he's great at winning the ball and the defensive side of the game. And he actually did that quite well high up the pitch. Um, but in terms of creativity and even the basic passing, he's just not got it in his locker, unfortunately. That element of his game. And uh, the sooner Swift's back, the better. It's a really difficult one with that like central role that we're playing when Swift isn't there because we don't... The only yeah. other option, a lot of people, Dave, have, have kind of suggested Jari could play centrally. But it's... I don't think we've ever really seen Ajaria play that role before. Um, no, it's, it's, it's a difficult one to know whether it would be. Yeah, yeah, it gets talked about a lot, but it's tough to know whether it would be successful because you just don't. You don't know whether it, well, and you don't know until you try, I guess, with it. But it's um, it's a tough one once Swift is out. What the kind of secondary game plan is going to be without him? Hello, yeah. As well, sorry. Yeah, true. If you had Halilovic in there, like that's more of a like for like potentially. But even there, we haven't seen him too central. I think we've seen him wide as well, probably because Swift was fit at the time. But um, yeah, I don't think we have a clear choice to go in there. But I, 
don't think it's Laurent. <laughs> um, you know, there, there were things that he did tonight that were half decent. He had a good shot um, once. Um, didn't really trouble the keeper, but it was, you know, worth a try. He stole the ball uh, off the fullback and then couldn't find Joao, like, 20 yards away. Very disappointing. There's, like, pieces there that you can kind of see the thinking of putting him there, but he, he maybe helps with the high press. That's it. Controversially... If we were to pick the same eleven tonight, um, I would probably put Drinkwater there. Out of the two, Which, yeah. Out of the two likes to or out of the three central players. Right. Yeah. Um, because I, I don't think he offers Drinkwater I don't think offers enough defensively to to leave him deep. Um right. and whenever we have seen Drinkwater be a bit more advanced, I think I I want to say it was the Coventry game, um, potentially. It, in the Millwall game as well earlier a few weeks ago, he at least, he does get into the right positions when he is going forward, but it's it's rare that we've seen him do that for Reading. Um, yeah, he's been wild with his shooting as well, so you'd have to, I wouldn't you'd want have to hope that he'd no. be passing it in rather than yeah. anything else. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we did have one more chance, Dave, which I actually thought was probably the better chance of the first half for Rinomota. Um, kind of it cut back to Rinomoto at the edge of the box. And I, I think he should probably do better here. I, I appreciate there's a lot of bodies in the box, but I feel like it's kind of hit straight at the keeper. Yeah, it's another one of those confidence ones as well. I think, you know, if the team's flying, if the team's together, if the team feels that they can do this, he lashes that with a bit more precision and a bit more confidence and conviction. But uh, yeah, I don't think the keeper was too troubled by it. And uh, it pretty much sums up the first half. Like the the shot from from Laurent was, was similar, actually. Yeah, yeah. The, the the few chances we did have didn't really trouble the Bournemouth keeper, Travers. And um, I mean, Nealon made one one good save in the first half. We conceded one, and that was that was pretty much it for the first half. In all honesty, we didn't. There wasn't really a, a whole ton of chances, as we said, and. Going into the second half, Nick, it, it felt like Reading were in the game without being in the game, almost. Yeah, Bournemouth came out and nearly scored within the first sort of minute, which is typical. And uh, I think it was straight out, straight out Nealon who, who did well. Um, and then we just seemed to control the game we, without actually... It was, it was sort of like we were just trying to see our own 1-0 win, if you like, because we're having all the possession, struggling to create anything. Um, I think to be fair, Tom Tom Ince, I don't think he was amazing today, but he was the, the one putting in the most dangerous crosses, and it's just a shame his end product is is a bit lacking in general, isn't it? But uh yeah, we had a lot of possession. We're passing the ball around so much quicker, which is one of the most frustrating things with Reading, and not even just under Ince, it's always been the case with Reading in the last sort of five or six years. We move the ball too slowly, and uh in the first half, we sat too deep and moved the ball too slowly and took too long. In the second half, we moved it around quite well most of the time. There was frustrating elements. We weren't creating a lot, but the football was good. And we seemed to control the game without, like you said, doing a lot. Um, and it got to the point where it felt like it just needed a bit of freshening up with a sub or two, um, just to give it a new dimension, if anything. We, we were in control and that didn't seem to be coming. And I felt like it was just going to be one of those frustrating performances where, where we go on to lose the game 1-0 or 2-0 or it depends what side you make. I think, yeah, I think without, without this game is, is why we've collapsed and ended up losing 4 0 and 4 1. And it's it, it it almost mirrored the Millwall game at home a couple of weeks ago in the sense yeah. that we didn't we never really looked like we were going to concede again in the second half, particularly. Um yeah. 
I, 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 apart from that one chance that you just described, Nick, Bournemouth didn't really have any chances in the second half yeah. up until yeah, up, up until we up until we equalised. Um, but we ultimately, Dave, we weren't creating chances either. There was a, there was maybe some nice pieces of play, but there wasn't actually any chances on goal. Drinkwater skied one over, mm-hmm. um, no and shot. Lauren had a, a shot from distance, but we didn't. We weren't creating any any chances really in the in the box. Um, yeah, it, it kept falling down just as you enter that final third. That's where they would snuff it out. Um, it, it wasn't like a last-ditch tackle. It wasn't a keeper making a save. It was we were getting snuffed out just as we got into that dangerous area and we couldn't find a way through there. So it became a very frustrating game where, like you say, it, it wasn't like we were under the cosh and then the odd counter-attack didn't work out. We were kind of controlling the ball up to that point but couldn't get over that hurdle. Yeah. And a lot of that control, Dave, I guess, comes from the fact that the second half, we definitely were playing slightly differently to the first yeah. half as well, in the sense of our press and our, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say willingness, but it was just the the timing of how we were winning the ball back was, was much faster in the second half. Yeah, rather than sitting off, letting them advance a little and then trying to win it back. I feel like the story of the first half was Yadam or... Um, Holmes maybe with a tackle or Morris and like back back that end of the pitch. And I think the second half you're, you're seeing more of we're winning it out on the wide right and, and maybe it goes out for a throw or maybe we're capturing it and bringing it in. It, it's it's a higher press. It's winning the ball higher up the pitch, which, you know, we've seen that. that, that that's the sort of tactic that's always worked for Reading uh, over the years is when you win the ball back in an area that's less dangerous for you. When you let it get to the point like we did in the first half, where it's coming in close to your goal, you've got a much more uh, strong chance of conceding. So I think that's that's the difference of where we're talking about control is, you know, we're, we're winning it back comfortably in their half as opposed to well within our own. And we we did touch on the, uh, probably the the better or the best created piece of play, Nick, earlier with the, the crossing from Tom Ince which I feel like Zhao would have scored if, if Nat Phillips hadn't uh, hadn't put that put out for a corner. Yeah, it was a great ball in. Uh, good football, actually. We moved it from from left to right off memory, uh, moved it across the pitch. And then I think Zhao actually was involved in the build-up to that. And uh, it sort of whips it with his with his left. And um, it looked like it was just going to fall to him. And it was a brilliant clearer. And I haven't seen Marie play, but it looked like he was just stretching and just got something on it to clear it. Outstretched boot, yeah. Um, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, that was, that was our best chance. It wasn't even a full chance, but it was our best chance of a half, taking away the, the long shots, which were, you know, they're never going to trouble the goalie unless their absolute world is. Um, and I felt like that was maybe going to be our best chance of a game. And that was pretty much, from memory, Lucas Shaw's last real involvement, Dave, before what was one of the more baffling substitutions... I've seen in um, in in recent 
memory from Reading managers, and we've seen some we've seen some odd ones. Seventy five minutes was our first sub today, um, and it was Yakumete coming on for Lucas Shaw. Now Tom Ince didn't have a bad game today. In fact, Tom Ince had a pretty good game today, I would say, and I can understand why he was left on the pitch. Taking Lucas Shaw off, though, when we're trying to score doesn't make much sense to me. I I, I don't understand the, the substitution. Yeah, I tweeted it at the moment it happens, like, make it make sense. It doesn't, actually, I said make it makes sense because I was so angry I typed it wrong. But the point that you need a goal, there's, there's no point in, oh, yeah, a, a narrow 1-0 loss is better than conceding a second. No, if we don't get a point there, that's the story. You need a goal. Lucas Schwal, far and above the most likely scorer for Reading at any moment of that game. To take him off, to bring someone on that we do want to have come on, we did need Mate. Um, just made no sense to me. Bring, bring him on for, for Ajaria. Bring him on for Ince. Yes, I know what happens later, but at the time, make him work with Schwal. We They know each other. They've played together before. There's a pattern there that we can lock into. Plus, as previously mentioned, you know, Mate's favoured position is not centre forward. It, it, it's not a like for like swap. So, what are we doing? Um, doesn't make any so, sense. So, the the comments after the game, Nick, were Zhao is still getting over COVID um, and he hasn't actually been training this week, which makes it maybe potentially a little bit more understandable, Dave. Like, yeah. after you've now just slated the uh, substitution, so have I. I stand it by makes it. it yeah. <laughs> it maybe makes it a little bit more understandable, Nick. But ultimately, the Reading fans were very, very unimpressed with it in the away end. Um, and I think it was probably the first chance against Paul Ince um, coming from the away end tonight. Yeah, you could hear it quite quite clearly on the, on the TV. Um, it's, it is frustrating. As, as we've touched on, we want to see Mate played in his actual... Position. I mean, he can play up front. He's he's done it before. But keep Joe on your main striker. Get Mate on the right, and it doesn't mean to take Tomins off. Um, you could have taken Ovi off, or even Laurent, um, and moved um, Ovi inside for Laurent, or moved um, Inst to the left if it was Ajario, for example, and play Mate on the right. Um, that's where you, you're going to get the best out of him. Uh, he's going to cause problems. He likes to come inside and just get on the end of crosses as well. And if Inst is crossing the ball from the left. So there's a chance there. Um, I think it doesn't help. I don't think Tom Ince has been bad, actually, if I'm honest. he's had. I think he's, he was very good today. Well, maybe not very good, yeah. but I think he was good today, certainly. He was good. Um, probably one I of think, our better players. I think he's been okay in, in the games he's played before today. I don't think he's necessarily been awful. And I, I wouldn't say he's been any worse than Hoyle in the last couple of games, who, who's uh, sort of faded off a little bit. Um, but I think because his dad's now manager, and he is staying on the pitch, and he isn't pulling up trees, he's feeling the brunt of it, um, which isn't helping him. And yeah, I, I understand the frustrations. I mean, I, I, I wanted Mate on, but not for Jao, to be honest, I get it. But maybe we shouldn't be going for another manager and get on the back of another player at this point in the season. We've got, you know, we've got what we wanted with Panovic going out. I don't I don't think we sh- I don't think Ince is the right man, but it's not going to help anything now, is it? the rest of the season, just getting on his back again and getting on Tom Ince's back. I think with Tom Ince, the thing I've got there is I think the criticism of him staying on 
maybe against Forest, yeah. Millwall. Yes, I fully back that. I think it was like it wasn't working. Doesn't matter if he was like, oh, he's he terrible or he's whatever. What he was doing wasn't working. Freshen it up. Today, yeah. I would say, yeah, he, he did play well. And his deliveries from, from set pieces was good. So that alone, yeah. you can see it was, the point. It was. The corners today are actually really good. I don't think yeah. he hit first round once. And uh, yeah. I wonder how long, we, how long since we last said that about a player, right? Yeah, yeah, like every set piece from him was pretty good. And especially I, I, after Saturday's corners, which was abysmal. Yeah. But I'm not surprised. Yeah. But what one thing I'll say on Tom Ince as well, his work rate's fantastic. Every game, even when he's been pretty average, he, he works really hard and he's trying. Um, he was frustrating the first half today, to be honest, but his work rate's been good every game, in my opinion. I think he's uh Seems to be trying quite hard and uh, running out defenders. I just think his end product's been a bit lacking. But today, a couple of good crosses, really good set pieces. Um, yeah, probably his best performance for us, actually. And finally, finally, his first goal for Reading as well. After he scored, what was it, five three goals, four goals for Stoke this season so far? He's played nine, ten games for Reading now. And Dave, his first goal for Reading was at not only a big goal for us, but let's be fair, it was a bit of a rocket, wasn't it? Must have a foot like a traction engine, as the saying goes. Um, yeah, i I got to tell you, suddenly he's not on corners. Ajari has taken one. I was like, okay, that's interesting. And then he pops up with that. Just the ball, ball comes in from the corner, gets cleared out, lands for him, and he just lashes one. And it's one of those like really satisfying goals to watch as well. Like the way it hit the goal, the way the net rippled, brilliant. So, yeah, um, all is forgiven uh, for for anything else in that moment. I'll tell you, it was uh, it was quite some goal from what edge of the box, twenty yards. I'm not sure, a little bit outside. I yeah, mm. I think it's like just inside. Ah, oh, got it. Yeah, so yeah, decent hit. Yeah, the way he sets himself up, Nick, is is, is really impressive as well because it's not a first-time hit either. Yeah, he composes himself and just strikes it through a lot of bodies. Um, you know, there's a lot of bodies still in the box from a cleared corner and it's a great strike and it just, it was so satisfying to see the ball just smash the back of the net, the roof of the net. Uh, yeah, just, and fully deserved goal for, for me. I know we weren't creating a lot of chances, but the performance was good and I think we deserved that tonight and it was just nice to, to see us get some luck, I think. Yeah, it, it it has been missing in probably the last six, seven weeks. We just haven't always had that kind of rubber the green, um, especially with decisions, it seems like, as well. Um, there was a there was a penalty shout earlier in the half as well, Dave, for Jaria. Mm-hmm. Was this a penalty? Was it not? I don't know. Nah, it would have been very soft. The way I characterise it is... If that's given to Bournemouth down the other end, I would have been apoplectic. Oh, what the hell? What's going on here? What, what's he doing? You know, so soft. You, you I, I'm not going to be kept up at night that we didn't get given that one. I think that's that's probably fair. The referee on the whole, I thought was pretty poor tonight. But you know, who's surprised? That's what we get now. But um, I guess ultimately, he ultimately, no one's really going to care if Reading no. have drawn the game, are they? So They aren't, but the thing that I want to look at is like, yes, he was poor. Even if we'd have lost, he was poor for both sides. There was like three or four. I couldn't believe he didn't give Bournemouth a penalty, uh, a free kick, not a penalty, free kick. It Like clear fouls, close to him. He just wasn't on it tonight. So yeah, he was crap for us, but he was crap for them too. Well, thankfully, nothing did go too wrong in the last five minutes, Dave. 
because we scored with six minutes of normal time remaining. Um, and I think the first thing that goes through every Reading's fan's head here is, shit, we've scored too early, haven't we? Yeah, it's one of those where it's kind of, you You are in that state of mind as a Reading fan that we've just scored a worldie of a goal to equalise. But you look at the clock and you're like, still time to lose this. And then the pressure shifts down the other end and we can see the corner. And we all know what happens when we can see the corner. We can see the free kick in that time. I think the biggest had a, win for had us a heart tonight... Attack, had a heart attack when we conceded a corner. And yeah. they won the header from the corner as well. Yeah. And and you just you knew what was coming, except for you didn't in this case. I think that's the biggest win for me tonight, that we preserved the 1-1 after getting it back level. Because it was completely set up for the type of ending that Reading fans hate to see. Yeah, Nick... Um... Feels like if we had conceded, we didn't, which is brilliant. But hanging on to that draw, it isn't obviously is not as important as getting three points. But it's it's just huge in terms of belief for the team because it feel it felt like before tonight, especially that a lot of that belief from the players was starting to kind of sap away. And you're, yeah, you've got to hope that a pit, like you know clinging on to a draw and hanging on to it at the end of the game is going to build some of that back. Yeah, it gives us confidence. Um, I think it it stops for rot. Importantly, I think it was what is it three defeats in a row? Was it four defeats in a row? Um, and, and that's massive. And I think they've I think they can take a lot of positives from that performance in in general. And second in the league, away from home, and we, we've just taken a, a point and deserve to take the point and seen the game out at, with that. Um, Bournemouth came at us a, a bit. I think they made a couple of subs to try and. I think Dembele came on for them straight after the goal, and. I thought we dealt with it really well. A little bit of pressure. We're always nervous, as you as you both touched on. It's it's just typical that we collapse and concede again and we lose the game. But I thought we were pretty comfortable. I thought they did the job. And that corner was worrying, but we dealt with it well. And uh, straight at an island, he's a solid save. And, and I thought we had good chances ourselves. A couple of set pieces. Yeah, I, I felt like either, yeah, I was gonna say either team could have nicked it at the end, really. Um, and. Definitely. It, whilst it maybe would have been undeserved had Reading got all three points, it wouldn't have wouldn't have necessarily surprised me given the fact that Reading had played relatively well the whole second half. Um, so if they had gone up the other end and, and scored, it would have would have obviously been a massive three points, um, especially with what was going on elsewhere, Nick. So elsewhere tonight, um, and this is going to unfortunately now become a regular part of the pod. We're going to have to look at what what's going on elsewhere because. You can't just rely on Reading to pick up points. Um, Derby, who were before tonight five points behind us. Hopefully my maths is right there. Yep, five points. They were five points behind us tonight. That gap now extends to six, um, as they were one nil up away at Blackburn, but ended up collapsing 2-1. Can Derby, can Derby catchers, we've played one or oh, three one, scored in the last minute, didn't they? Yeah. Can Derby catchers they are now six points behind us, having played a game more than us. We've got eight games to go. Yeah, they can. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Let's be real. Yes, mathematically, thank you. Yes, yeah, they can. They can. Um, but I, I feel like if we do our job, we'll be all right. I, I think we need, personally, in the last, what is it now? Is it eight games left? Nine games left? Nine, nine, nine games, games left for Reading. Um, I think we need four wins because I can't see Barnsley. Well, Barnsley a bit closer now, obviously, but I can't see Derby 
with us getting, say, 12 points, they would need 18 points. And I can't see that. They Not fair. 18 points from eight, nine games. Yeah. So, um, and I can't see Barnsley winning more than four or five games. So, I think if we can win four games, that should keep us up. But as a, can we win four games? I don't know. I honestly don't know. If we play like that, we might. And Dave, obviously, Derby are not our only rivals in this battle because, as Nick mentions, Barnsley are now closer to us, having picked up a fairly comfortable 2-0 victory tonight um, at yep. home to Bristol City. And they've now picked up five points in their last three. And Yeah, you look at who against... That's the problem. Yes. So they're, they're two behind us. They've managed to to draw against Stoke, which, yeah, okay, Stoke aren't world beaters, but they're decent. Um, they drew with Fulham. And probably so should have beaten Fulham. Probably should have. Dodgy penalty either way, never mind. Um, they've beaten Bristol City, yes. You, you would expect that would be one they could get um, points from. But then you look at who they've got ahead and it, there's no clear, oh, they'll definitely do this or they'll definitely do that. That's what keeps me worried. Shepherd United, local-ish derby, right? I, I think it's roughly in the same area. Um, your Same county, right? Does that mean that Barnsley up their game? Does that mean that Shepherd United crushed them for the bit? I don't know, right? Then they've got to play us. And we know, because we've watched us for the last few games, no idea whether we're going to turn up or not. And then what is it? Millwall and then Swansea. Could go either way. Like it's it's making me a little nervous. I've been looking at Derby and Peterborough this whole time. Barnsley have absolutely crept up on me, and a uh, little little bit worried about them. Yeah, I think Hullagon, Hullagon, eight points ahead. We're not making up an eight point gap. It's so. it's it's three from four at this point, definitely. Yeah. And um, we've been saying now for a couple of weeks, but the game on the second of April, Dave, which you are actually going to be in attendance at. If we lose, everyone's going to think it's me. Yeah. Um, is going to be absolutely huge away at Barnsley. And as much as I feel like people don't want to go and watch the team away from home at the minute, if there's a game you probably want to be at, because if we win, that's that's going to be the uh, it's going to be the, going to be a good going to be a good day out. If we lose, it's going to be awful. But I've got my fingers crossed for it. Um, Saturday, we're playing against Blackburn, Nick. Quick score prediction. Blackburn have not been in fantastic, Nick, but they did get a win tonight. Do you think we've got a, a chance of picking up some points on Saturday? Yeah, I've seen a bit of Blackburn lately and uh, they're missing Diaz with the goals. Um, but they, they have been playing quite well. They're creating, but they're just lacking um, putting it in the net. Uh, I think we can win it, though. I think it's a massive home game for us. I don't think they're, you know, I think they're a very beatable team. I, I think if we play well, I think we can win 2-1 maybe. I just can't say it's keeping a clean sheet still. But I think 2-1, I'm going to be positive. I think that draw is going to really help positivity. Um, we will looked okay defensively today, to be honest, as well. I'm, I'm loving the positivity. It's all about the positivity on, on EPR tonight. Dave, you can round it off. Come on. Don't, don't let me down here. Uh, I think we can. Uh, get a result and I think that it will come down to if we can execute that game plan the, the one we pointed out if we can keep it tight and then grow into the game and get a goal I think maybe yes we, we can get something done worries me a little bit that they do tend to score off a good few goals in their game uh, as a as a general rule so I think we're we're going to need to be on it and they're obviously going to look at us and think just hit them with everything you got for the first 10 minutes, probably score. 
that's a little worrying. So if we can set up to just keep it tight at the start there, I could see a narrow, narrow victory. It's coming. It's coming. A home win. Yeah. It'd be a nice time to do it. Reflect upon the the, home win win. on a Saturday. Yeah. Hasn't hasn't happened since October now. So a home win on a Saturday would be absolutely perfect timing. Um, So, yeah. They do need the points, though. So they've got a good playoff shout right now. They don't want to lose that. So I'm a little nervous. Dave, let's not go down that road. Let's keep positive. Keep positive. Yeah. It's happening. There's a home win coming. Three home points. Coming. You know, it's uh, it's going to be there. Um, Jacob will be back with a preview podcast, hopefully tomorrow, maybe Friday. But keep your eyes and ears on the lookout for it um, on your podcast feed. And we'll be back on Sunday morning with a review of what apparently, according to Nick and Dave, is going to be three points. So come on, you ours. Cheers, everybody, for listening. Speak to you all soon.